0: the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our Indians beat writer Paul Hoynes who's back from a week on the road and he, he brought back with him uh, a present for us. He brought back Oscar Mercado. Paul, uh, it, Oscar's joined the club. It's a, an anticipated debut uh, in, in Chicago on Tuesday. What were some of your observations of Mercado just as he joined the club and and was around the team and how the Indians treated him and, and any anything you saw from Oscar and
1: and the Indians. Yeah, I, I, it it was good, Joe. He, you know, he was really excited, as you may, you might expect. Uh, he's such a nice guy. Um, you know, we, we saw that in spring training, you, you know, and uh, he's really, you know, this is a kid that, you know, he's still, what, they drafted him out of uh, St. Louis, drafted him out of high school, and he's still, you know, only 24, but he's been playing in the, uh, in the, in the minors, you know, almost six years or six plus years and uh you know that's a long time so uh he was excited his family was excited and uh didn't have a great debut but uh, he made it through without any uh major major mistakes he caught everything that was hit to him struck out a couple times but you could tell he was tingling he was really excited I just hope they they give him a chance you know they I don't know if he's you know I have a feeling that uh I don't know if he's a platoon guy. I'm not sure, but I hope uh he gets, you know, he gets a couple more games at least just to uh kind of fit in, get his first hit, all that stuff out of the way and we'll see what happens then.
0: Well, we saw earlier in the season with uh with Eric Stamets come up, it was it was a while before he got his first hit and, and you could tell he was sort of sort of pressing there uh at one point. Uh Mercado doesn't necessarily give off that same vibe. I think I get uh, I get a little bit more of a confident vibe from him. Uh, and after the, the spring that he had and what we saw from him in, in that regard, uh, he he cut down on his strikeouts when he was at Columbus. He he had more hits than strikeouts, which was, you know, significant. I, I think this was a guy who uh, was having problem, problems earlier in his career getting on base. Uh, I mean, when he did get on base, he, he would steal bases, which is great. Uh, the Indians need a little more success in that department. But uh, the one thing that – the the front office mentioned was the, the changes that Mercado made in the off season sort of sticking and carrying over into his play uh through the first couple of months of this season. Uh is that what we we sort of need to see out of Mercado when he gets his opportunities up
1: here with the big league club? Yeah, definitely. I mean he you know he went to those swing camps in Cleveland and in Goodyear I, I think in mostly they were in Cleveland, you know, at, at the ballpark during the winter and really helped to swing in I mean uh, he, a guy couldn't have had a much better spring training than, than Mercado didn't he? He had 400. He was hitting the ball out of the park. He was hitting doubles. You know, he's playing great defense in, in center field. And, uh, you know, I guess they are going to kind of, he's, he's played, you know, uh, he's played mostly center field in Columbus, but he's played the corners as well. And he made his, you know, big league debut uh, against the white Sox in left field. And he, I like the way he moves in the outfield. He looked really confident out there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but I think, uh, you know, they need some offense, per, and if he can add add to that offense, if he can give them, you know, a little push, I think that would go a long way to him uh, kind of extending his stay here.
0: You know, his arrival doesn't necessarily mean, you know, all the offense's problems are fixed. I mean, this is still an offense that struggles to score more than, more than two runs a game uh, on, on most occasions. I think uh, the numbers are pretty staggering. When they, when they score more than five runs in a game, they generally win, but they've been held to two or fewer runs uh, in something like 21 uh, out of the last 36 games or, or 21 out of the 36 games. It, it's, it's really been a struggle for this offense to sort of sustain any sort of success.
1: Oh yeah, it it is you know, I mean, it's hard watching these guys play at, at times. Now, you know, as soon as you say something like that, they go out and, you know, hit five home runs and score nine runs like they did Tuesday against the White Sox, but that was and you know, that was a That's an outlier. The outlier, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's been a struggle for them to score runs and uh, you know, Ramirez', you know, I think is a big part of that. Uh, they finally dropped him in the order to fifth, uh, and uh, hopefully maybe that gets him going, but you know, they've got to get, they've got to generate some offense and they've got to, uh, you know, you've, you've got guys, you know, all over the lineup that just aren't producing and, uh, it, it's tough to watch right now. And, uh, you know, I think like you were saying, I was, I think 24, of the last, what they played 40 games, maybe 24, 25 games, they've scored three or fewer runs, you know, and I think they've won six of those games. So, uh, you, even with great pitching, you got to score. And, uh, you know, I and it's easy. You know, and I've said we've said it time and time again. You know, I, I'm not sure that. You know, it, it's hard to uh, blame. I mean, you got to blame the guys with the bats in the hand, in their hands. But you know, the, the people that put this team together knew what was coming. If if they had, if certain things unfolded and certain things have unfolded. I mean, Lindor's been hurt. Ramirez has been in the tank. Uh, you trade away the middle of your lineup or or you let them walk through, through free agency. And this is what you got. And to me, it's almost amazing that they're only four and a half games out and they're still, you know, they still have a winning record. So, um, you know, but they, you know, that, that's in the past now, you know, and you can't do anything about that. I don't think they're going to go out and make any big trades. They have to come around. They have to, you know, deal with what they have right now and, you know, they've got Baltimore in town right now for a four-game series. This is a time where, where they should score some runs, should win some ball games, and hopefully close a gap on the Twins.
0: Right. If, if Edwin Encarnacion were sitting in Seattle on, uh, you know, a 189 batting average and two home runs, that, that would sort of change the dialogue here. But, but that's not the case. It, you really did sort of rob the middle of that lineup of any sort of threat uh, of a run producer, uh, when, when you traded away in Encarnacion and he's gone on and, and been basically Edwin that, that they had signed two years ago. Uh, and, and Brantley obviously is, is performing very well in, in Houston. Uh, so it, it, you naturally, you look at, at those two and say, you know, what would this offense be like if, if those pieces were added to the lineup, uh, and, and things, things would definitely be a lot different. Uh, as far as Ramirez goes dropping him down in the order is is that is five the, the spot where, where Tito, you know, feels comfortable with him. There was a a point, you know, before sort of Jose Ramirez became Jose, Jose Ramirez as he was growing into the, the, um, the player that he was the last, you know, in 2016, 2017 and most of 2018, um, he, he was hitting in that fifth spot. He was providing that, uh, that sort of protection there for the, the four hitter as well. Is that something Tito's comfortable doing?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, his his thing is it doesn't matter where you hit him and when he is eventually going to hit. But I think they just – the reason they did it was, uh, you know, to move the switch hitters around, to put, you know, a switch hitter deeper in the lineup, and just to maybe take some take some of the heat off of, you know, Ramirez hitting uh, in second or third. Uh, and so – But, I mean, fifth is still a key spot in anybody's lineup. And, you know, that's where Ramirez did a lot of his damage. You're right. And so, you know, it's not like they dropped him to ninth or seventh or eighth. I thought that's what they might do and, you know, just give him like a mental break. But so he's still, you know, he's still going to come up in in clutch situations. Uh, He hit a home run uh, Tuesday. Maybe that's a good sign. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, he always
0: hits home runs against Chicago. I think he's got yeah. 17 career home runs against Chicago. Right.
1: And you know, Van Burke, Leo, the hitting coach, was saying, you know, he's he, he's not getting a lot of fastballs. We know we know that he's getting a lot more off-speed pitches thrown his way. He's he's very over, He's very anxious at the plate. He's jumping at the ball. But he thought he had seen some progress uh, with his, you know, with his the way he's, his lower half, whatever that means, his legs, how he's you know, how he's approaching the ball or striding into the ball. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, this has been going on for – we're we're closing in on two months now or a month and a half. Uh, And, uh, you know, and and it's longer than that when you go back to last year in half of August in the postseason. So, you know, it's a concern. And anybody who says it isn't in the organization is fooling themselves.
0: All right. Well, they're coming off uh, obviously a two and three road trip. Uh, you know the the pitching continues to sort of sustain this club and, and give them any sort of chance to win uh in in every game uh, what have you seen just out of the the starting rotation uh, in the last few days and the last few outings uh, obviously, if Carlos Carrasco could pitch against Chicago every game, uh, <laughs> the Indians record would be a lot different
1: yeah Carrasco's been good uh, the last two starts twelve. 12- consecutive scoreless innings. Joe, the guy that keeps impressing me is, is Rodriguez, Jeffrey Rodriguez. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what kind of scouting report the Indians had on this guy or, you know, wh- what they knew that nobody else knew. But if I'm, if I'm the Nationals, I'm sitting there thinking, I know they've got like $200 million wrapped up in their rotation. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the Nationals, I'm sitting there thinking, what do we do here? What, what do we just <laughs> they, give away?
0: They and, gave away the farm for Jan Gomes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you know, love you, love Gomes, but I, you know, Gomes is what he is right now. He's, you know, a five-six year, you know, big leaguer. I don't think, you know, he had his one of his best seasons last year, but you know, Rodriguez looks to me like he could, you know, he could do something, you know, if he if he works on his off-speed pitch, he's got the velocity, and he's got that good demeanor, you know. Of course, I think they're they're handling him right. They're getting, you know, they're not over overextending him, but. You know he's pitching out of trouble um I, I I really I've really been impressed with him and, and you know Beaver is you know Bieber's scuffling a little bit uh, I think he's still pitching well he's not getting the results he, he got last year he's not winning as many games as he did last year and I think he's gone like five starts without a win um but he's had like two or three quality starts in there so he's still pitching well I know he gave up four home runs uh his last time out against the White Sox. And, and Bauer has pitched well, you know, had a good start against uh, Oakland, 10 strikeouts, didn't get the decision, but deserved to win that one.
0: Yeah, uh, Bieber just seems to be making one or two mistakes that really cost him, and then obviously the, the four, home run, four- or five-home run game, that's, that's sort of an outlier for him. But, you know, he, he seems in his last couple of starts to be, you know, one or two pitches if he could have back the, the whole course of the game goes different. Uh, as far as Rodriguez goes, you, you know, if you look at, uh, Gomes and Roberto Perez's numbers right now, uh, Perez stacks up pretty favorably. Uh, he's, he's had a little bit of a power surge, uh, this year and, and Gomes is, is, you know, he, he's giving you what young Gomes would normally give you at the beginning of a, a season kind of scuffling. Uh, so the Indians got Daniel Johnson and Jeffrey Rodriguez in that deal and and Johnson's tearing it up down at, uh, at double a, you gotta, you gotta think the Indians might've gotten two big league pieces in that deal for, for Gomes. And you can't, you can't look at that and say that the, the trade didn't work out sort of in their favor right now.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. And the infielder they got, I I can't remember his, he's at Akron too. I know he got off to a great start down there too. The third player in that deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, he's played well. So uh,
0: Monastero is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's,
1: if he's still there, I don't. Know, I haven't checked lately if he's still in Akron, but I know he's hitting over three hundred there uh, when when uh, at the start of the year. Um, yeah, I think you know. Gomes, ah! You know, Gomes is learning a new league, a new pitching staff. I'm sure. You know that team is always kind of on the edge to me. You know they've got a lot of talent, a lot of money wrapped up in that team, but you know there's a lot of pressure i think from the front office and ownership and i don't know if that trickles down onto the field or not All
0: right uh let's move to uh the injury front and uh some good news for the indians as mike clevenger who's on the 60 day injured list uh has started throwing bullpens uh i believe he threw one out in chicago uh obviously the the next step after you know getting a couple of bullpens under his wing is is possibly heading out to a A rehab assignment. Uh, It's May sixteenth. The earliest he can come back is June sixth or seventh, somewhere in there. Yeah. So you've got a good three to four weeks to 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 see you know what you've got with Clevenger.
1: Yeah, I mean he's uh, you know he was you know you know Clevenger. He was jumping around. He was like he was he was like flying around as usual. He threw the bullpen in Chicago. He was going to play catch uh, yesterday and then the off day at. At, at jacob at progressive field and then he was i think he scheduled to throw another bullpen today uh, uh thursday at, at the ballpark and uh you know they'll just you know 20 pitch bullpens i think he's only throwing fastballs so you know you got to progress from you know i think he'll probably throw two more bullpens then a simulated game and then he'll probably you know then he'll talk about sending him out yeah. and uh, if he gets what two three starts they got to build him up well you maybe five innings, hundred pitches, something ninety pitches, hundred pitches before he 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 could be ready to uh, you know rejoin the rotation.
0: Right, and they have no reason to to move quickly on any of that. You know, it, 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 this is all barring any sort of setbacks as well. He hasn't reported any. Uh, how much can the Indians trust him to to tell them if there's anything going on?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think, you know, you know, as much as he wants to pitch, I mean in this day and age, you, you have to be, you know, you really have to be hard-headed not to, if you get hurt again and you're not saying anything, I mean, with the money at stake, with his future, I, you know, if he, he's got to raise his hand here, you know, I mean, if so, you don't need heroes right now. You need healthy pitchers and he's got more than enough time to get ready. I don't think, you know, he's got to overextend anything. But if, he, if you're hurt, you're hurt and, and you go to the trainer and tell him.
0: Uh, on the flip side of the injury news, uh, in order to get Oscar Mercado on the roster, they had to put Tyler Naquin on the injured list. Uh, Naquin with a, a hamstring uh, tweak, I guess, is the –
1: Left calf. Calf? Calf. Left calf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the
0: hamstring was checked down in, uh, at AAA. We'll get to him. Uh, but, yeah, left calf for um, Tyler Naquin. And you know, I'm—I've already gotten some emails from from fans asking why the Indians can't seem to keep their calves healthy. I—I <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's an epidemic, but uh, you know, th- th- these sort of things uh, pop up throughout the season. Uh, it, again, it's a question with Naquin of of staying healthy and and being able to to stay in the lineup.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I felt bad. You know, he, I, I was talking to him. He, you know, he played in, <laughs> played last Friday in, in Oakland and had a, you know, they got beat, but he made a great catch and extended the game in the ninth inning had a couple hits. I think they only had two or three hits. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's been playing decently. Uh, and then, you know, so then he doesn't play Saturday, Sunday with the calf. and he's telling me, oh, it's not too bad. You know, I should be back. And then, you know, the next day he's on the DL and, uh, you know, Mercado is up now. I, th- I still think just from talking to him, you know, they can, they, they, you know, backdate this injury to the last Saturday and he should, he could be back pretty quick. And uh, so, but we all know what with calf injuries with the Indians, you know, pretty cu- quick can turn into a long time, uh, very right. in a blink of an eye. So let's just uh, take that with a grain of salt. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Naquin is, out of all the outfielders has been probably the most consistent. We haven't seen the power any much power from him, but he's hitting I think 278. You know he's playing every day, he's playing a, a good right field, and this is one of those guys that just can't stay on the field, Joe. I mean, that was his goal, whole goal coming into this season, you know, was to play as much as he could and uh, so now he's got this calf injury, he's got to handle it, and it's going to be interesting. Joe, when when he's ready to come back, what do they do? Do they send Mercado down? You know, that's probably the easy move. Or are one of these veteran guys in trouble? Is is uh, Gonzalez in trouble? Is uh is uh, uh um uh, what's <laughs> I'm trying to, but you know, but a guy like Gonzalez is, you know, do they make a move with him? You or know, Mar-
0: or Martin or something like that. Or
1: Martine, yeah. Or, or you know, do they go a little younger? Then it's yeah. going to be interesting.
0: What's Martina like? Twenty consecutive, twenty-two consecutive games with the, with a strikeout. Uh, yeah,
1: I, that, and I asked him about it. He goes, "Strikeout, you know, strikeouts don't bother him." He just said, "Strikeouts have always been a part of my game. I've I've always struck out a lot." I said, well you know, he's on what he struck out fifty times, close to fifty times. Yeah,
0: day. that's. I, I mean, you're up there with like Aaron Judge strikeout numbers, yeah. and and. Uh, if you're going yeah,
1: you, to do that you got to hit 20 home runs exactly got like exactly. 15 home runs by now <laughs> so.
0: uh you know the other outfielder that we need to mention here is Jordan Luplo who who really has, has sort of lit the world on fire uh since his return his his, his recall from AAA. a uh if Jordan Luplo could play against the white Sox every game i think he'd be uh, he'd be happy if he could face uh, Manny Benuelos uh, for the rest of his life, I think that would be his ideal situation. Uh, two games with two home runs against the the White Sox in his, his last couple outings against them.
1: Yeah, he's you know he's been a, really a pleasant you know he's really I guess pleasant surprise. I don't know if that's right, but the second since he's come up for the second time, you know in in late April, I mean he's he's really played well and they played him in the right spots. They platooned him. Uh, you know I'd like to see him get a, get a little more time. You know get a little more regular playing time. Hopefully, you know, this will, he gets it. I mean, I I don't know what more you can do to get more playing time. You know, the last time he hit two home runs against the White Sox, he was on the bench the next day. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we'll we'll see what happens tonight, if he's playing in there tonight. Uh, But uh, you know, he, at least he's a, at least he's a threat to, to leave the yard, Joe. Right. No one else, you know, except for Lindor, who's going to hit a home run on this club. You know, and, so I mean, at least maybe maybe Luplo can do something. I I have my, you know, I I wonder what the the Pirates, you know, he was up and down with the Pirates. What two or three years, mm-hmm. you know, he's always showed a little bit of pop, but maybe he gets a chance every day in the big leagues to play, and and we you know, what, we'll see what he really can do.
0: Well, that's why his his slugging percentage was always pretty high, even with the Pirates and and in the at, at AAA. Uh, when he puts the ball in play when he gets a hit it's usually for extra bases it's either a home run or a double for him uh if when he's going well and not striking out and 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 all that kind of stuff uh yeah a a real change for him in in the second trip up with the club
1: he's you know you can see the confidence in him uh you know, he, I think he just feels better about himself. And when he went down to Columbus I and mean, he go, you know, what, he hit like 350 mm-hmm. in about 12 games. And he said, you can almost, uh, the stats look like a guy saying, all right, I've been, I've been through this before. This is, this is not where I want to spend a lot of time. And, uh, you know, this is what I really can do. And, and it's translating into big words. Uh
0: Hey, Paul, I wanted to take a second here, uh, just take a break in the show to, to mention Project Text uh and, and and get your opinion and see how uh, how things are going with that uh you're you're sharing your inside takes on the Indians uh via text message with our our fans and our listeners uh who've signed up uh i i believe can they still sign up for free I, i'm i'm not sure
1: yeah i the... think it's still i thought we were shutting it off in the middle of may but i think as far as i know i think it's still you can still jump on there for free and mm-hmm. uh, you know test it out take it for a test drive see what you think uh but it's been fun joe it's been a blast i've been uh, i've gotten a lot of uh a lot of you know on on the free side of it a lot of guys and a lot of people have uh, you know tested are testing it from all over the country you know a lot of different area codes uh and uh, people seem to have enjoyed it i i try to give people uh Kind of a little, like you were saying, an inside look at the tribe. I, I send out two or three texts a day, uh, and uh, I've been answering a lot of questions. It's almost like answering, hey, hoinsies, you All know, right. every day. So. But it's been fun, and I think people have enjoyed it. I think, uh, you know, if you're a tribe fan, you, you, you know, give it a try because it, it, it's uh, – it, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of fun. It, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot.
0: Well, there's links uh, on this post and in every post that we put on Cleveland.com. Uh, you can follow the link and and sign up uh, for a uh, a free trial or a uh, you know monthly subscription to uh, Paul's text on Project Text, and we have other a uh, variety of other texts as well: uh, Indians, Browns, Cavs, Ohio State, beer. Heck, we got everything covered. We're uh, we, we've got uh, any any angle for you. Uh,
1: yeah, Joe. If, if fans want to know what comes first, the chicken or the egg concerning the Indians hitting. They can find out about that in those texts from uh, Jake Bowers. That's a uh, ph- professor, Jake Bowers. He's a philosopher now. And he, you know, he, he uh, kind of put that question out there.
0: Well, that's not a philosophy question. That's a biology question. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's I'm, I, I'm sorry. He's a biologist <laughs> or a philosopher. Uh, uh, hey Paul, uh, do we have any questions that we can uh, take right now? Uh, let's take one or two now before we wrap up. I want to, uh, i mentioned one more uh, anecdote here before we, we get going, but
1: uh, any questions? Yeah, we got a couple yeah. of questions, Joe. Uh, this is from Ron Kellogg from Cleveland. Uh, are, there, are there two different kinds of bats? Are, are players using two different kinds of bats? Are the home run hitters using harder lumber? And does harder, are the, the bats with harder lumber, do they lead to more injuries, shoulder or, or oblique injuries?
0: Well, wasn't it a few years ago, the, the, the maple revolution, that everybody started swinging maple bats yeah. instead of uh, ash bats because the, the maple was, was harder? Uh, you know, I, I think the players are responsible for their own, you know, equipment in terms of what what brand or style or, or make or model that they, they have. I was I was shocked when we were down in Miami to see Corey Kluber taking batting practice, uh, you know, the, the day before he got injured. Uh I saw Corey Kluber swinging a bat. I, I looked at it. I asked him, Hey, you know, whose bat are you borrowing or whose are you using? This is a Corey Kluber bat. It has his name yeah. on it. Right. kluber has got his own bat. I'm like, you know, he might, he might swing, you know, three or four at bats in a season maybe, but he's got his own model bat. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that the, 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 the maker, the, the style of bat that they're using contributes to injuries. That's, that's certainly no not awesome
1: that I think, and, and there's you know all sorts of they people use different kinds of wood and bats, you know. There's all sort of sorts of. I think there's maybe twenty different brands of bats that mm-hmm. that are you know uh, approved by Major League Baseball. They have to be built a certain way. But like you said, Joe, a lot maple's probably the hardest wood that's used. Then ash, and you know, I think there's other 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 woods have been used. Uh, and I guess I think it's more the more the guys swinging the bat than the than the bat itself when it comes to determining if the ball goes out of the park or not.
0: Right. One of the things with the, the way that the bats are painted. Now you get some, some different looks, you know, there's bats that are two toned and gray or whatever, or, or dark painted. I uh, always look for the, uh, there's a, a spot on the handle of the bat. It's required. Uh, that's like a, a show me spot that you can see that it's actually a wood bat underneath the, uh, the, the, the paint and all that. So, I, I always, you know, take it. I, it's something I always notice when I'm, I'm looking at their bats. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez might might have the most spare bats, or you know, used bats. Or he's got a whole locker next to him in the clubhouse that's just lined with with bats. I, I how can one guy swing that many different bats? I I noticed, but it was interesting. Yeah, there's there's just a, a ton of different kinds.
1: Yeah, I always look for the bat, Joe. That you know, at the top, you know, from from the things I <laughs> I heard that if you're going to cork a bat, you drill it through the top of the bat, right? And uh, you stuff the uh, whatever that the illegal substance down into the middle of the bat. Right. Then you plug it back up, and uh, uh, when it's done right, it's it's hard to tell. You can't. It's almost impossible to tell. We'll have to ask Albert Bell about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll
0: ask. We'll ask Albert next time we have him on. We 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 did talk to Albert uh, recently, but. <laughs> Next time. We, we did not bring up cork bats the last time we talked
1: about <laughs> no. it. Okay. Um, this is the next, uh, one, uh, another question from Joe Sepik from, from uh, Powell, Ohio. Okay. Is uh, is Oscar Mercado up too early, and why not bring Greg Allen up instead of him? Uh,
0: there's about 600 points on an OPS that would be the reason why we would bring why the Indians would bring Mercado up uh, in front of uh, Allen. I, and, and I think, you know, you just sent Allen down a couple weeks ago. I, I don't think uh, bringing him right back up is, is the solution you're looking for. No, he's not up too early. He's, he's up earlier than I thought he would be. Uh, I thought it would be June before he, he, he came up. I thought it would be about mid-June before Mercado came up. But, you know, I hey, let's go. Get him going. The, the offense needs something.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. And uh, you know, Allen will be up here. He'll get another shot. Uh, I, I don't think he was used for, uh, you know, the right way when he opened camp, I mean, open the season, but Hey, you the manager picks the roles and you, and you got to fill that role. Um, but I think Mercado, you know, I, I'm not sure Joe, how long he's up here for. I, 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 I if, if Naquin comes back, I, just from listening to the way Frank was talking in Chicago, it sounds like he may be you know on the he might be going down but i think this is important for him gets up here sees what the big leagues are like gets his feet wet and uh, you know just has that experience gets the nerves everything out of the way next time he comes up he'll be ready to go
0: well the only way he can guarantee himself a spot is to just hit and keep hitting the whole time he's up here make it impossible for them to send him down
1: that's exactly right and uh, last question is from james regan out of Baton Rouge. Would the tribe ever release Jason Kipnis? I think it would be a addition by subtraction.
0: Uh what what's the contract? 14, 14 yeah, million?
1: 14, 14 and a half. 14 probably. and a half million. And they and would have the next year.
0: How many uh, yeah it's a couple million, right?
1: I don't know. Probably right around a million, but I'm not sure on that. Okay. Right. Uh, I, th- I yeah. thought it was like a two million dollar buyout. Yeah it might now, be, but, yeah. Uh
0: I mean, the two million dollar buy the buyout for next year is is a foregone conclusion. That's yeah. that's a done deal. Uh, as far as releasing him, I yeah, I don't I don't see it.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't see that either. I, I you know, Joe, I I I think I think Kipnis is this far away from from getting it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been watching him really closely on this last trip. He had two hits against Chicago. Uh, you know, he had a bunt bunt hit. Um, and he had a line
0: drive into right field there. Right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and uh I you know, he's been playing great defense, a lot better defense than than we've seen Kipnis play in the last couple of years, especially going to you know, going to his right. Um and um uh, I think he's really close to 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 breaking out of this thing and, and 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 playing well. You know, he this is a this is a huge year for him. He mm-hmm. has to play well, or he's going to be one of those guys, those veteran guys getting invited to camp, you know, in February on, right. on, a, on a minor he's league He's going to deal.
0: be on minor league deals and he's trying he's, to catch on.
1: And I, I, I can see him. He's this close. And uh, hopefully he breaks out of it and, and, and helps the Indians and, and helps himself as well.
0: All right. Well, we just passed the uh, 38th uh, anniversary of Lenny Barker's perfect game that was uh, – on the fifteenth of may nineteen eighty one uh, Paul you know just from being around the team and being around the guys who were in that game uh you know what are what are some of the the stories that you've heard or the uh, the, the tales that have been told about lenny Barker's perfect game it, it's just such a part of for Indians fans and for those who are around the team it's just such a part of the history and the lore of of this club is, is you know, the images that we have of Rick Manning squeezing that last out and then, you know, galloping into the infield as they celebrated uh, the, the, the win against the Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, I, the thing I remember, Joe, I wasn't at that game. I didn't cover that game. And uh, I remember m- talking to Mike Hargrove about it. He was playing first base. When, and I was talking to Hargrove when he was, of course, the manager of the Indians. And he was saying, with the later that game got, his concentration was so focused. Uh, you know when, when they knew what that was at strike. When he was on defense, he said it, it, it felt like he was on had tunnel vision. When he was looking, he was watching the hitter on TV. He was so zeroed in on that. And I, re- I remember talking to Barker. He had a breaking. A Ron Hassey was the catcher, and and Barker's breaking ball was like he was breaking like almost like twenty inches. He said it was all. He never had another breaking ball like that. He never threw that same breaking ball again. But on that night. It was, it was breaking all, all over the place. And I just remember Hasse talking about it and saying what what a great pitch it was. I think Hasse caught a perfect game for Dennis Martinez, too, in, in Montreal. right? And right. maybe he caught another one in the Dodgers, for the Dodgers. I,
0: I'm pretty sure he caught – didn't he catch one? Yeah, he caught one. It might not have been a perfect game, but a no-hitter for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think he – I know he caught Dennis Martinez – perfect. I thought Dennis threw a perfect game. Yeah, Dennis threw a perfect game. So. And I think Hasse was the catcher. So. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I just, you know, I just and I remember, you know, it was uh, I remember Tony Grossi was covering that game uh, mm-hmm. uh Pluto had the night off for the playing Dealer, when Terry was uh, covering the uh covering the Indians for the Plain Dealer. Grossi was covering the game, and Pluto was getting an award. He was at some kind of banquet, and <laughs> he and he found out that LeBron was showing the perfect game. So he came over to the press box, and I think he ended up writing something. But it was – I mean, that was – it just like it was a typical, what, May, hey. Cleveland night. It was foggy. It was – oh, God, it was cold.
0: We see that we see that every night in the press box with the Indians, when uh, it, until both teams get a hit, everybody's on edge. And in, in terms of the writers, everybody's on edge to to, to have to pull out the uh, the the no hitter material and the the perfect game material. I think when when Trevor Bauer was you know five innings in with no hits uh, this past earlier this season, yeah, uh, I think everybody was on high alert. Uh, so it it's always interesting you know when when both teams finally do break through everybody sort of takes a uh, a sigh of relief uh, in terms of the in terms of the writers not not necessarily the fans they're all disappointed but the the writers know that you know things aren't going to be uh you know you don't have to do anything special for the no-hitter.
1: Yeah, I know the, what the AP guys they've got to start writing no hit stories at the 5th inning the from fifth the 5th fifth inning, inning yeah. Off you know they have to change it every inning i mean that's uh, that's crazy man and i remember you know of course opening day what of of uh you know at progressive progressive field uh the open when the park opened uh, and uh the big unit was changing out and uh and Bob Feller, the only the author, the only opening day no hitter in baseball history, was in the press box,
0: <laughs> and he was, and he made no bones about being very relieved when uh, he definitely when was. the Indians broke through and got a hit off of Johnson.
1: And you know, like Bob had talked to anybody, so every reporter was up there talking to him between innings and stuff. It was crazy, but I'm, but I, you know, I know. Uh, Rapid Robert was uh, was happy when uh, who got the hit Sandy I think Sandy, yeah, got the Sandy, Sandy
0: got the first Indians hit yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's great all right well uh, we we will see you at the ballpark the opening of an 11 game homestand uh, tonight Thursday at progressive field the the Orioles and then the the athletics uh, come to town after that uh the Rays come to town and the Rays come come in oh
1: Jeez, we we'll
0: get to see happen? Yandy
1: and the opener and the we'll
0: Yandy the opener and who knows what the hell uh, Tito's going to pull with with Cash this time. Last time Cash stole Tito's scooter, put it out on the infield for batting practice. <laughs> so uh, you know something's coming. It, it, Tito Tito keeps it pretty calm at, at the Progressive Field side of things. I don't know what he does down in Tampa, but. Yeah, he's Chris, afraid to
1: open the door in Tampa. He
0: <laughs> he usually just puts something put something embarrassing up on the scoreboard about Cash.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, that's been the, the the regular routine so far. But Cash got him good with the scooter last year. That was yeah, that it. Was was still, there was still a dent in the scooter when that they took it out. <laughs> All right, Helinski. We will uh, talk to you again later. Uh, and, and this this is good. We we got uh, we got to. Hear a little bit about uh, the, the behind the scenes stuff from uh, Lenny Barker's No Hitter. Very cool.